You're listening to the This Is How We See It podcast with your host, Eric Lee. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe. Now, here's Eric. Thanks for tuning in to the show. Welcome to it. My name is Eric Lee. And again, I thank you for spending just a little bit of your time with me. So let's get to it. So about two shows ago, uh, I did an episode about uh, how men deal with divorce. Uh, most of the time, in my opinion, at least, uh, we, we sort of see divorce coming from, you know, the woman's point of view. Most of the movies that come out about divorces are really sort of, not all, but but a lot of them, the majority of them, are about how women deal with divorce. And if you recall, I spoke to Simeon, uh, and he, he talked about how he dealt uh, with his divorce. And so today's show... Uh, I want to talk about men's mental health overall. And that is something that's important to me because, well, first of all, I'm a male, I'm a man. And so um, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk about it today. So I was on LinkedIn and I'm a member of this group called Mental Health Change Agents, Advocates, Motivational Speakers and clinician, Clinicians. They had this wonderful article about men's health. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, June or July, I can't remember, was Men's Mental Health Month or something. Um, I think it might have been June. I'm not sure. Um, and so I'm going to be reading uh, some of the, some of the, uh, the article uh, for today's show. In today's fast-paced and demanding world, men are often juggling leadership roles both at home and in the workplace. This balancing act can have a significant impact on their mental health and overall well-being. The pressure to excel professionally while fulfilling responsibilities as fathers partners, and caregivers can lead to stress and burnout. It's time to examine the importance of men's mental health in this context and explore strategies for finding harmony between these crucial roles. Achieving a healthy work-life balance is essential for men's mental health. By carving out time for self-care, hobbies, and quality moments with family, men can recharge their minds and reduce the strain of constant multitasking. Emphasizing the significance of work-life balance within organizations can lead to increased productivity, employee satisfaction, and reduced Turnover, And that is so true. I think I told you guys this story one time. I used to be uh, a manager at a fortune. Uh, it was really a fortune 30 company uh, when I was in DC and I had a staff of uh, probably about 30 people. And sometimes I would have to come into the office on the weekends. And I don't know if anybody else had a company like this, but 
like at the end of the year when it was time to show a profit, they would like lay people off. They would like stop paying their, uh, their bills. And one of the things is that we couldn't hire. There was a hiring freeze. And so when they laid the people off, well, that meant that the people that stayed had to take up the slack. And so sometimes I found myself being a manager Um, I would have to give up my weekends and sometimes Saturday and Sundays and I would run like overtime shifts and um, I would have to be there, of course, because it was the weekend. And so we gave staff sort of limited um, access on weekends. And so there was a guy every time that I was there And I won't call his name. I'll I'll call his first name. And his name was Henry. And Henry was a manager of another uh, department. And every time I would have to run an overtime shift, he would be there. And so I remember one day I walk into his office and I said, Henry, I said, every time I'm here, I said, you're here. And he looked at me and he said, well, he said, I'm. I'm, I'm probably here all the time. And I said, why? And he said, well, somebody's got to do it. Henry died not too long after that. He was an older gentleman. And I remember when we got the news that Henry passed, it was probably three days and they had someone else in his seat, taking over his responsibilities in three days. And so this work-life balance thing hits home to me because I just always remember how Henry gave so much to the job and how, and I'm not saying that they didn't care about Henry. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that when you give your all to something and you pour, you know, your, your whole life into this thing. And when you're gone, they're just going to find somebody else to do it. So, you know, that was, that was sort of a lesson to me to, you know, you know, Eric, you know, you might, you know, you might want to, you might want to enjoy your life more than, uh, you know, than coming into the office, um, every other weekend. Um, So back, back to the article. One of the significant challenges men face is the stigma surrounding mental health issues. Society often expects men to be stoic and suppress their emotions, making it, I'm sorry, making it difficult for them to seek help when needed. We must foster an environment that encourages open conversations about mental health and provides support for those facing challenges. By dismantling these stigmas, we can create a more inclusive and compassionate space for men to address their mental health well being. Only about one third of people in therapy in the U.S. are men, 
while over 14% of men in the U.S. experience a mental health issue. Very few of them get help. Only 60% of depressed men go for treatment. I remember uh, when we talk about stigma, there was a, uh, a male um, in my family, and, and I won't tell you, you know, how we are related. And he had called me up one day, and he said to me, he said, hey, uh, going through a little something, and, you know, I need, I need to borrow some money. Now, you know, I get funny when people start talking about borrowing money. My grandmother used to tell me all the time, don't lend money that you need. And that's because you may not ever get it back. Um, and it was funny because when he came over to my house to get the money, before he left, he looked at me and he said, don't tell my wife. And that struck me, you know, like your wife should have been the first person, you know, that you should should have told. You know, if you are going through something, if you're having some type of financial difficulty, wouldn't your wife be the first person that you should tell? I thought so. But, you know, it's just interesting about how and, and it just goes to show you how men you know, keep things in and, and, you know, for, for fear of whatever, for fear of, you know, the wife, you know, um, berating them or for fear of, you know, whatever. I remember another instance where, uh, when I was much younger, I was talking to, uh, it was a group of friends and one of the girls in the group said, you know, you know, I, I don't ever want to see my man cry. And I just thought about that. And, how she said that it it just looked weak. It made him look weak. And this is the reason that men don't talk about their mental issues and their, their emotions and their problems. And we're taught as children, right? Like it's, it's always been interesting to me how a parent can spank a child and then say, don't cry. Like you just, you just hit him or her. And don't cry. If somebody hit you, wouldn't you cry? I mean, it's just, it's just weird how we are taught, even as children, to suppress our emotions. I want to play this uh, video. I got this video from YouTube, and it is an interview that our NBA player Kevin Love, uh, who used to play for the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, and how he talks about his fight uh, with mental health. So let's, let me play this. In the NBA, Kevin Love is still at the top of his game. For the past three seasons, the 29-year-old five-time All-Star played side-by-side -side with superstar LeBron James. Together, they took the Cleveland Cavaliers to the NBA Finals and won a championship in 2016. But what teammates and fans didn't know was that early last season, while the Cavs were struggling with a string of losses, Love was experiencing problems of his own, anxiety and depression. It all came to head during a November home game against the Atlanta Hawks. That's when Love, the team's star power forward, had a full-blown panic attack in the team locker room. I had a moment where I thought I was going to die. 
I had never experienced something like that. I thought I was having a heart attack. Heart racing. Heart racing. And I was running around looking for something that I, I couldn't find. I just wanted to get air. And so I ended up basically unconscious on the floor and, you know, putting my hand down my throat and trying to get something out of there. But there was nothing there. So it was... Uh, Who found you in that moment? Our head athletic trainer, uh, Steve Spiro, found me. And um, I just remember him screaming my name trying to... Because you don't really know how to deal with that. Did your teammates know at the time what had happened to you? No. Uh, they had texted me after the game and had no idea what happened. So I just kind of brushed it off because in our sport or in life and, and being a man, it's, you're, you're taught to suppress it. You're taught, taught to, in a lot of ways, suffer in silence. But Love decided to break his silence and no longer suppress what he was feeling. He shared his personal struggles with mental health in a powerful essay he wrote for the Players' Tribune titled, Everyone is Going Through Something. I felt not only could I tell my own story, but I'd be able to impact people and maybe you know, change just that one person's life. I was one of those people. I was diagnosed with GAD, general anxiety disorder, and mild panic. Very similar to what Kevin Love was talking about there. Inspired by Kevin's story and hoping to do the same for others, I opened up about my own experience with anxiety disorder right here on Today. You feel like you're dying. In fact, I went to the hospital. And the first thing you put it on, I got leads on my chest. I'm like, my heart's going to stop or I'm going to have a heart attack. And of course, what happens is you're perfectly fine. Kevin, since I've shared my story, largely inspired by you, I'm amazed everywhere I go. People are like, hey, the anxiety piece you did on today's show. Thank you so much. What's the reaction been for you? Everywhere I go. It's the same with you. I mean, having the courage to, to be up front with this kind of a thing has been unlike anything I've ever experienced. Why does society think that you're impervious to a mental health issue? I watched the Robin Williams documentary and, and how he dealt with mental health issues and, and Kate Spade, she felt like it would hurt her brand. And then Anthony Bourdain, who was, you know, seemed to have it all. Brian Cranston had a great quote, he said, success is not immune to depression. You mentioned Anthony Bourdain, who was a hero to you. Thank you. Have you ever felt a sense of fear that your own depression or issue could take you to that dark of a place? And I think those thoughts and, and bad thoughts can creep into your head and, and your mind can play tricks on you and that's that's scary so I think it's a never-ending process and I know you know it's you don't have all the answers I certainly don't there's a big bucket we talked about mental health and we lob a lot of things in there anxiety depression bipolar suicide well, I'd love to know how you think about all those things being discussed because I think society just looks at it and goes you're crazy right. that's the word no one wants to be considered crazy. Right. From my experience and in talking to other players that have dealt with a number of those things, what's going to happen if, if people do find out about this? Am I going to get the contract? Am I going to be able to take care of my family? What are people going to think of me? What can teachers, coaches, leaders in the community do to help young boys in particular? I think just, just be able to, to be at arm's reach for kids and, and teach them not to suppress it. I mean, for, for us, it was always keep your chin up. Which, which is fine, but don't suppress your feelings. Don't, don't bury them because eventually that's going to add up and it's going to surface in one way or another. Like for me, it was rage fits or it was uh, you know, going dark for a few weeks and, and you know, staying in my room after basketball practice and not talking to anybody and not getting much done. Today, Love manages his anxiety by talking to a therapist and sharing his feelings with those who supported him most, his fellow teammates. LeBron, I think, said on social media after you wrote that at, uh, article, he shouted you out and gave you some love. What did that mean to you? It was a special moment for me because, you know, he shook my hand, looked me in my eye and said, you helped a lot of people today. It's important. And I, that, was, that was super powerful for me because, you know, his influence and in having my back with that was super important to me.
I'm no LeBron, but I got your back. <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. Hey. <laughs> Friends for life now. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible what just speaking it. Great interview. By the way, that was an interview with Carson Daly. And I, I also didn't know that Carson Daly suffered with uh, anxiety. And that was Carson saying, uh, you know, that just like uh, Kevin, he also has uh, anxiety. And, and that just goes to show you guys that money, money cannot buy you peace of mind. It cannot. And a lot of people chase money because they think, well, if I have a lot of money, I'll feel great and I can go buy, you know, what I want to buy. And listen to these people who are worth millions and millions and millions of dollars talk about how they are still sitting in their $10 million mansions looking at their, you know, 50, 60, $100 million uh bank accounts, and they are still depressed. Uh, So back to the article. As male leaders, it is crucial to rethink traditional leadership, I'm sorry, rethink traditional leadership approaches and cultivate a culture that prioritizes empathy and understanding. By leading with compassion, and recognizing the importance of mental health, male leaders can set a positive example for their teams. Promoting a healthy work environment that acknowledges and supports the mental well-being of employees contributes to overall team success. And that is so true. That is so true. Happy employees will go above and beyond. And people don't understand that. They really don't. As we continue to navigate the complexities of being leaders at home and work, it's crucial to prioritize men's mental health. By recognizing the challenges and actively seeking solutions, we can pave the way for personal and professional growth. Let's support one another in this journey, promoting well-being and success for all. Remember, men's mental health matters, and together we can create a healthier and more balanced world for everyone. I then went all over to medicalnews.com and they list the warning signs that, you know, you may have uh, a mental health issue. Uh, and here are some of them. The signs and symptoms of a mental health condition will depend on the type, but there are some symptoms that people can look out for. These include aggressiveness, anger, and irritability, changes in mood or energy levels, changes in appetite or sleeping habits, difficulty focusing, feeling restless or on edge, a high consumption of alcohol, 
inappropriate use of drugs. And those two are really big things because now listen, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a medical professional, but what I do know is that most of the time when people start drinking heavily or or taking drugs, they are trying to escape something. And in that moment, in that moment when they are drunk or when they are high, they forget about the problems. But here's what we all know. When you sober up, those problems are still there. You have not erased your problems with drugs and alcohol. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. Just because somebody, some man drinks a drink doesn't mean he's an alcoholic. And, you know, I guess, you know, because somebody, you know, smokes, you know, a little weed, you know, I don't smoke weed, but, you know, I know a lot of people who do, you know, that doesn't always necessarily mean, you know, that there, there's a mental health problem there. But I think that when you, like, it's, it's always been very weird to me that people drink to get drunk especially like in their 40s and 50s. Like we did that stuff back in the 20s, right? It was funny. It was funny to us. You know, it was fun to us. You know, oh, we're going to get toe up, you know, tonight. Like that's not funny to me now. Like I don't like the feeling the next morning of, you know, of, of a hangover, really. Um, and so, but, but alcohol and drug use are really big indicators that there might be uh, an issue there. Uh, let's continue on. Participating in risky activities. Hmm. Feeling sad, hopeless, numb, or emotionally flat. Having aches pains, or other physical symptoms without a clear cause. Obsessive or compulsive thoughts or behaviors. And I remember um, Howie Mandel talked about uh, his, that um, OCD, uh, how it it cripples him. And I think he's, um, you know, he had, I think I read something about him saying that he couldn't even shake people's hands you know, because of his OCD. Thinking or acting in a way that causes concern to others or has a negative impact on work, social, or family life. And thinking about or attempting suicide. And we know Robin Williams, uh, the guy, and I can't remember his name, uh, I think there's a guy, I think the show he was on was Euphoria. I've never watched Euphoria, uh, but I just read that he, and he was 25 years old and, and, you know, it's it just, he, he had a long battle with drug addiction and, you know, again, a, another symptom of, uh, you know, uh, some type of mental health. It could be, you know, um, a mental health uh, disorder. But I want to encourage men, brothers, go get help. Forget all of this, forget all of this stigma stuff. You know, you can, you can walk into a hospital 
and 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 say, hey, hey, guys, I need some help. I know at my job, uh, there are so many programs for mental health. You know, um, uh, you know, calling, you know, suicide hotline or whatever. But go get some help. Don't suffer in silence with this. Call a friend, you know. So I, I think we need more men's groups, right? I, I, I really do. I think we need more men's groups. And, 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 you know, let's get out of that stigma. You know, oh, you know, only women, you know, sit around and talk about their feelings. No, that's not true. You know, start a men's group in your city, in your town, in your area. But get the help that you need. Hey guys, that's my show. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. We give it to the people, spread it across the country. Here we go back.